All right, welcome to the Unearthing Autism Podcast. I'm Jay Beard. And I'm Morgan Simrell. And uh, we're some self-diagnosed folks in Orlando, Florida. So today's episode is Why Realizing Your Autistic Matters. And so I'm going to introduce the topic, talk, talk about kind of the day-to-day practical reasons why it's helpful to know you're autistic, and then uh, end off with talking about kind of the bigger self-understanding um, of yourself realizing you're autistic and things related to unmasking and all that. So yeah, um, this topic of why, why it matters to realize you're autistic, it's one of the most important topics um, because when you tell someone you're autistic, one of the first things they think of is, okay, why does this matter? Is this, is this just another label for, for typical human behavior? Um, so I'd like to explain that no, realizing you're autistic, it's not just like, I'll give the example of, uh, like I realized I'm a minimalist <laughs> and uh, it's cool to learn a, a new little label, but something like that doesn't make such a big difference. Um, it's like a, a roughly normal thing and, um, it's, uh, it only explains like one little niche part of your life. Whereas autism relates to a little bit of all of your life. <laughs> it relates to you in a very core way. So, um, so what do you think are some kind of basic uh, everyday ways your life has changed to realizing that you're autistic? Um, <clears throat> I think that like a big part of it is my view of myself, like just in general, that before I knew I was autistic, I knew that there was something wrong, basically. And so it puts like my brain into a whole different like category of thinking when I'm thinking there's something wrong with me every day to when I'm thinking, oh, I'm just autistic and I need things to be this way for, for it to be okay. So just knowing yourself and knowing what your needs are make every day so much easier. Because when you don't know yourself and you don't know what you need and you just know that there's something wrong, then it just makes life harder. And when you're able to um, accommodate your own needs and advocate for your own needs, then your life is going to go a lot better. Yes, it's hard to solve your challenges if you're not totally sure on what your challenges and what your deficits are. Mm -hmm. And so when I realized I was autistic, it made some of my suspicions, it made me understand that I have certain conditions that I didn't realize I really had. It made it fully click that I, I, I was only dimly aware of it before. And then when you look into, oh, do autistic people have this problem? Oh, yes, they do. So this is like a real thing. And this is what people do about it. And um, it kind of also, like, when you are having, like, the, like, self-hatred kind of feelings of something being wrong with the things in, in your life or th the way that you are, then you, when you realize that there's other people that have those same problems that you have, then it makes you not hate it because then you're like, oh, well, like, I'm hating myself for this thing, but there's all these other people that have the same issue. I don't hate them for it, so... It, it makes you kind of see yourself in a better light when exactly. you're comparing yourself to other people who have the same problems and you're not looking down on them. Yeah, that's a that's a great way of putting it. Um, we talked about how um, how realizing I was autistic helped me get away, get rid of the shame I had around the, the way I eat. Um, I thought it was quite unique to myself and then to realize that it's just 
part of the condition I have, and other people have learned to uh, to live with their comfort foods. That was really reassuring. Um, to give an example of conditions I had that I didn't really realize I had is um, a, a funny one is face blindness. So um, so it's it's more common in autistics to have some mild, mild fla- face blindness. Like you don't recognize people by their face? Yeah, yeah. That's so- interesting. Because <laughs> for me, I feel like every time I see a new face, I feel like I've met them before. Like, because I see features in people. I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't look at somebody's whole face as a whole. I'm always, when I'm having a conversation with somebody, like looking at their nose or their mouth or like picking a part of their face to focus on to look at instead of their eyes. And um, I think that maybe that just makes me pay more attention to people's individual features. So when I see somebody else with a similar feature, then I'm like, oh, I think I've met them before. I think I've <laughs> talked to them before. <laughs> yeah, and I'll mess that up. I'll think that I'll think that I know the person. I, it happened to me liter- to to me recently. I said, "Are you uh, are you married?" And they're like, "No." And they had to like change the topic. <laughs> but basically, what it n- normally ends up as is that. I meet someone just once or twice, um, and they remember me, and I don't remember them the second or third time that I see them, and it's really awkward. And I have I have plenty of stories. I'll I'll tell the stories some other time, but it's a really funny problem when you walk up to someone and you say, "Hey, I'm Jay," and they say, like, yeah, "Yo, this is you. like the third time. Like we've spent." L- hours together <laughs> and I don't remember them but they they know me mm-hmm. <laughs> it happens to me all the time <laughs> so yeah basically realizing that I'm autistic it's like oh I have face blindness so this is why that's happening and like I can just tell people oh like um the reason it's it's not that I thought that you were a boring person it's that I have uh, I have mild face blindness there's a fancy term for it it's like propiopagnosia something like that um so yeah um, another a kind of daily thing that helps me realizing I'm autistic is um, is my sound sensitivities. And basically, there are great remedies to if you get really distracted by sounds, and that is earplugs. So now I just got these fancy loop earplugs. The cheapest ones are the best ones. And um, I also have earmuffs, and sometimes I do earplugs and earmuffs. Um, like if I'm going to a concert, because I want to, I love music, and so I want to be able to take in a lot of sound and just enjoy it comfortably. I don't want to have to leave early because I'm overwhelmed by the sound. So um, it really helps me on a daily level. So every night I sleep with earplugs in, and um, that's the kind of thing where on a day-to-day level it really helps to know. Yeah, can you think of any other kind of day-to-day reasons it helps to know you're autistic? Um, one that just came to my mind is like more with the PDA profile autism, which is patho- pathological demand avoidance, which I definitely have. And one thing with that is that the, there are always these demands either coming from the outside or coming from myself of things that I need to do that, that I then avoid doing them because it causes the fight or flight mode to kick in when I thinking of, think about doing that thing that I am demanded to do in some way. And when I now that I'm aware of that, I if there's a demand that I'm putting on myself, I'm able to kind of 
uh, change the way that I'm wording it to myself, which somebody else suggested I do, that they, instead of saying, like, you need to go clean the dishes right now, you, or you, you need to take this dish to the kitchen right now, and then be like, no, I'm not, I can't take the dish to the kitchen. Like, that's what normally would happen. But now that I'm aware of it, I can be like, oh, well, I'm going to the kitchen. I may as well take this dish with me. Like, just make, like, turning it into not a demand anymore, but a, like a may as well. And they called it, I think they called it, like, the may as well method. And so it, being able to implement things like that to make my brain think differently about things, I wouldn't be able to do if I still didn't have any idea of why I'm like that. And so it makes it to where I can work around the way that my brain works better to get things done that need to get done. Yes, that's awesome. So you were talking about pathological demand avoidance. And um, as you mentioned, that's uh, it's it's kind of like a subtype of autism. And um, and it's like recognized as uh, um, clinically in the UK as a thing. And and as I understand, um, I'm. I definitely uh, am not like this, but um, as I understand, it's like when something is placed on you as a demand, then even if it's something that you would normally enjoy, just the fact that it's a demand that you can't avoid, it suddenly makes you want to avoid it. Yeah. Like if I, like there's something that I like, oh, I used to really like, like sometimes I really like painting or something. And if somebody tells me like, oh, well, why, if you don't have anything to do, why don't you go, you should go paint, like go paint a picture. And then all of a sudden I don't want to paint. I, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Like whatever the thing is, if, if it's put on me in like a, you, sh you need to do this thing, you should do this thing. Then all of a sudden I feel like a panic around doing that thing. Yes. And so s people with PD, it's abbreviated PDA, people with PDA, they, um, they probably first realize they're autistic and then they realize oh there's this subtype and holy crap I fit this and it, as I mentioned it's like once you realize once you realize the uh, your uh, your uh, what your mind is like then you can find all these videos that are talking about how to uh, better frame things and how to uh, help in those situations so another example of something kind of a day-to-day -day thing that um, is helpful for realizing I'm autistic is um, the people, the friends and partners in my life. Um, basically, my whole life, I think I've been subconsciously sort of attracted to autistic people. Um, and even though we both m might not realize that we're autistic or know, know what that is or anything, um, somehow something there's something unconscious where we get along and um, we end up close. And, um, yeah, a lot of my closest partners have been autistic. A lot of my, my closest, like, best friends have been autistic. Um, and so now that I realize that I'm autistic, I can know to seek those people out. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, in recent times, it's really changed my, uh, my dating life. Um, there's, uh, there's an autism dating app called Hickey, like H-I-K-I. And it's, uh, it's just for autistic people. And, um, and yeah, I've met multiple, uh, multiple women from it and I'm, uh, I'm still going on dates from a girl I met on there and, um, it's amazing. There's something about the way that autistic people communicate that I feel like, 
um, it's like we get to info dump on each other. We get to have the, our, our one-sided conversations yeah. with each you other. You don't have to worry so much, like, oh, what does this person think? They're thinking I'm talking for too long. or like Because they're, <laughs> they're pro- in their mind, they're probably just relating to you and being like, oh, yeah, I do this. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. I think another part of it, too, is like along. So as I've been an adult, I've definitely migrated towards other autistic people and attracted other autistic people to me and to have a, like a lot of my friend group are autistic and um but I think that growing up for me especially like when I was in school I had a lot of internalized ableism and I would really avoid people that I thought were autistic or special needs because I hated the parts inside of myself that I thought were weird and wrong and when I saw those parts of me that I hide so much inside myself on somebody else like just out in the open then I had like a internal like hatred for that in a way like why aren't you like why are you shaking your arms around I stopped myself from doing that so you should stop yourself like you can't just go around doing that and now that just sounds so silly like now it's like why can't why shouldn't anybody just do whatever makes them feel comfortable and be however they are they can't control how they are like i masked really hard growing up and i just felt like every if i can do that then everybody can do that even though i didn't know what it was really i thought it was just like hiding the weird parts and so i guess it was like a jealousy in a way and just like a like what's wrong with you that you can't stop it that now I see as an adult is like really wrong and really ableist and that I thought that there was something wrong with them and I didn't want to be associated with them because I thought if I was friends with people like that then people would associate me like that and think like oh well she's friends with this girl who's completely acting weird then she's probably really weird too and I didn't want anybody to think I was weird so I just stayed to myself when I could have been making friends with all kinds of people that I would have gotten along well with but I just was afraid of being associated yes I can definitely relate to that and um, so this kind of brings us to the bigger topic of how um, how realizing you're autistic changes your sort of self-understanding of yourself and um, and so you mentioned uh, you mentioned masking and I just want to explain masking is the idea of sort of the persona you build to uh, to come off as normal and i'll stress that it's a very unconscious thing um and that it's something that autistic people naturally do without trying to fit in and um and some people are very good at it so a lot of women they come off as completely normal and neurotypical because they're very good at masking while I, um, I can think of a family member who doesn't mask so well and ends up coming off as, as though he's being inauthentic all the time. And um, like you can see that he's trying to mask and that can yeah. be kind of off-putting. Because it's like when you're masking, it's like as soon as you walk out the door of your house, there's cameras rolling and it's like action like you're an actor on a set and you have to play the part of a normal person in society and it just it's like some people aren't the best actors and you can (laughs) tell and it makes people think they're not genuine when really they're just trying to like fit in with the flow of how neurotypical people are yeah they're not necessarily trying to put on the mask 
Um, and so, and it's funny you you said uh, the you know cameras rolling and everything because that's the situation we're in now. And uh, we were talking before this how, um, and I mentioned at the start of all this that it can be difficult to unmask in front of the camera um, because um, there's. I guess we're always kind of changing the way we act according to who we're speaking with. And so if it was just us talking, I know what to expect from you and I know I can unmask in front of you. Whereas when the camera's rolling, um, it's kind of unclear what the audience is like. And something about that just makes it harder to really be myself. And so I I view this podcast as a way to help me kind of get over that as I hope to do more and more on YouTube and uh, I hope more and more to be able to speak uh, unscripted. And I think a lot of people too would think that realizing you're autistic and being diagnosed with autism are the same thing and mean the same thing, but I think they have different, like they matter in different ways. Like being diagnosed with autism matters in kind of like similar ways to realizing that you're autistic but also comes along with the like the actual like physical paper that you need for certain things like for for accommodations but realizing you're autistic is more of like an internal realization about yourself and people who are like you and like more of an internal thing where being diagnosed with autism more affects you on the outside Yes, absolutely. It's a it's a big self-realization. And for me, um, a lot of the ways it, it affected me was I've always had these uh, I've always been out on the limb with uh, with my own sort of theories and my own sort of creations. And um, and it helped me to realize that that autistic people are like that, that um, a lot of times autistic people are before their time or they they're the they're the ones with contrasting opinions. Um, and so I've, I've come up with a lot of my own systems for music theory. And, um, and just to know that I'm kind of a specialized person. I have deficits in, uh, in various areas, but I have large strengths in things like music and being able to teach people. And so it just helps me kind of double down on my strengths and um and embrace my individuality yeah and then when you when you find a weakness then it makes it to where instead of just seeing it as a weakness you can search it up and be like do other people go through this and figure out oh they deal with it like this i could do that too yes can you think of uh, of ways that realizing you're autistic has changed your overall self-perception um just like in every way like the way that I see myself now is so completely different than I have my entire life because I always had so much like self-hatred and just putting myself down and thinking that there's something wrong with me and being thinking that like I would never be able to just feel completely comfortable around other people and um, and now that I know I just realize like why I am the way that I am and that there are so many other people that are the way that I am and I get along so great with them and I realize what I need to get through a day now like where before I would just struggle through a struggle to get through a day not really knowing what my needs were um and now like 
like stimming, for example, like if you go through an entire day not stemming or holding back stems, it puts a lot of like pressure on you. It dysregulates your nervous system a lot because you're you stem to regulate your nervous system. So when you're like confining yourself and holding it in, it's building up a lot of like stress and anxiety. And then when you're able to just go through the day and be like, oh, I feel like I need to like shake my hands or like I, for me, it's mostly rocking back and forth. If I'm stopping myself from doing that, I'm building up stress. But if I'm just letting myself do that, then I'm able to go through the day not having any stress building up around my nervous system. Yes. I was basically unaware that I stemmed constantly until I put it together with autism, until I learned that word stimming. I thought I was just really into drums and just uh, wanted to drum all the time see me like i would catch myself a lot more and mask it because because girls mask a lot more and so if i'm rocking back and forth i i used to like i would catch myself starting to rock back and forth and i would imagine somebody next to me rocking back and forth every time i do something that i think like hmm, what other people i imagine whoever is with me doing the same thing i'm like if they were rocking back and forth i'd be wondering why they're rocking back and forth so I'm not going to do that because then other people are going to be wondering why I'm doing it. But now I can just do it and be like, oh, yeah, I just rock back and forth to keep myself calm. Like it just happens. And it's like it's not a problem. It causes way less of a problem to just say that and do what I feel like I need to do than to be holding it in. And at the end of the day, just like get home and cry because I feel so much panic built up in me. Yes, it helps to just know what your needs are. Um, and that goes back to the day-to-day things where, like, a lot of autistic people don't have that much energy. Or we have, we have, uh, we use a lot of energy in short bursts. And um, basically things like work and any kind of socializing can really wear us out. And so now I have a better, better gauge of how long my battery lasts. And also things about communication needs. Like, I've told my bosses, like, we're better off texting. I, I don't like phone calls. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it just helps. It helps. Kn- it helps you know how to interact with other people. Also, it helps to know that I'm prone to misunderstandings and people are prone to misunderstanding me. And um, when misunderstandings happen, it's good to take a step back and evaluate the situation and solve the misunderstanding. Yeah. And in terms of like work for me, it's been. Like, I'm a hairstylist, so a big part of being a hairstylist is you have small talk with whoever's in your chair. You're like, oh, so how are you doing today? How's your day going? You got any plans for this weekend? And I really rarely ask those questions because it doesn't feel natural and it doesn't feel genuine. So often I'll just be quiet. And I had one client leave me a review saying, like, uh, that I was, like, um, a really good doctor with terrible bedside manner. (laughs) Because I don't just have that natural like, oh, so how are you doing today? And like, yeah. um, so now that I know that about myself and I realize why I'm not good with small talk and why it makes me so uncomfortable, I'm able to work around that. And now I've started offering silent appointments. And that's so much more comfortable for me to just be able to have the person know I'm just focusing on their hair and they're, you know, they can sit and relax and... I'm just going to be working and they don't have to be wondering what I'm thinking about and why I'm not saying anything. And a lot of people want silent appointments so bad. Like a lot of other people like us who aren't a hairstylist, like Mm, they, they just 
dread going to the hair salon because they also dread the small talk. So now it's made it to where I can find those people and and we can connect and be be able to have them in my chair and and it's better for both of us because they don't have to worry about the small talk I don't have to worry about the small talk they can relax I can do my work and it makes my job so much better when I'm able to have more of those type of appointments and then I also now that I've realized I'm autistic I and I I relate so much more now to other people with autism and I understand more about autism because I've researched it so much that I understand the needs of an autistic person a lot more and how our needs vary so much. And I'm able to offer services to other people with special needs. And um, they often don't go to get their hair cut because they're moving around too much or their parent doesn't want to take their special needs child to get their hair cut because they're, they don't want to put that on the stylist to have to do this service on somebody who's moving around or like being loud or you know doesn't want to get their hair done. I'm able to like do it for them and say like it's okay I understand I feel like this sometimes too and I'm able to work around you if you want to sit on the floor and I'll sit on the floor with you to do your haircut like I'll do that if that's what works for you and I just think that I have like a unique perspective to those types of people where they feel a lot more comfortable going to somebody like me who can understand and I'm using my time more for things like that now to where I don't have to constantly be worrying about the Karen sitting in my chair wondering why I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you've been able to advertise that that you can give silent appointments. And yeah, that's awesome. It works out for, for both the, for you and the client. And I, I have something similar in my job. So I'm a music teacher. And a as a music teacher, a decent amount of your students will be autistic and neurodivergent in general. And, um, and so it, and some of them you'll be told that they're diagnosed autistic. Other ones you won't be told, but you basically figure it out. Um, and, and with those students, you sh yeah, you should not make small, con small talk um, because that it's a natural part of the job when you start the lesson you're supposed to lighten up the mood what have you been up to and now i've learned with these students that i suspect to be autistic i you just say hey all right are you ready for the for the first warm-up and then you get into it and they appreciate it so much mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so it really helps uh, the way you interact with other people as well so yeah so just to kind of summarize everything um Realizing you're autistic, it's not just some trendy label It's uh, that um, that's just a label for the sake of it. It's actually a big self-realization that, that helps you understand who you are and how you fit in with other people and understand what some of your challenges are, and it leads you to possible solutions. Yeah, and something I saw recently, too, was... Um I think you saw it because I posted it like on my story on Instagram, but it was like um, somebody saying like people who aren't autistic don't spend all their time researching about autism. People who aren't gay don't like spend time researching about what it's like being gay and like people who have these things people who don't have people these people. Yeah, exactly. People who are questioning something so much to where they learn everything about the thing, like they know. People who, if you aren't like, if you don't understand that and you aren't constantly researching something and you aren't thinking 
that you might be that thing. Like you probably aren't, but there are other people who definitely are and it's benefiting them a lot to realize who they are. Yes. And that's why we have this podcast. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff, Morgan. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.